It seems that there was once a boy who was selling an old lawnmower, and a preacher came along, walking down the street, and saw it and needed a lawnmower, and asked the boy if it ran, and he said, well, yes, sir. And the preacher pulled on the rope, and it didn't start. And he primed it, and he pulled again, and several more times, and it didn't start. And he said, son, this thing won't start. And the boy said, that's because you got to cuss it. And the preacher said, son, I am a preacher of the word of God, and I haven't cussed in over 20 years. And the boy said, oh, that's okay, mister. It'll come back to you. (laughs) And with that, we're moving on to cussing in this series on the power of words. Up to this point, we've seen how important words are in, uh, in our daily lives. It matters what we say, right? We can do serious damage with our words. We can also bring healing and comfort and life. Communication is a huge part of, of what it means to, uh, to be human, right? To live in community. We need to communicate with other people. And, and if we're going to relate well with, with others, we're going to choose our words carefully. Uh, actually, we've seen that that uh, that our words come from somewhere inside of us. Uh, that uh, what Jesus referred to as our heart. Now, of course, that's not your physical blood-pumping heart. The heart is uh, the seat of our emotions, the the core of our being, our character, who we are on the inside. That's what Jesus is talking about when he says in Matthew 12, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Or uh, another way to say it, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So I'm speaking what's going on inside of me. If you're, if you're realizing through this series, if you're realizing that um, that you're having trouble with your words... You don't just have a language problem. In essence, you have a heart problem. And the only way to fix a heart problem is to surrender it over to God. James chapter 3 talks all about this, and we've referred to this before. He says in verse 7, All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. You can't tame your tongue. It's only through the Holy Spirit as he transforms your heart. And so we've seen the problems associated with complaining and criticizing and gossiping. And last week I challenged you with not misusing God's name, that he is to be honored and respected. And so today we move on to what we typically would think about when we think about bad language, right? Using our words in a bad way, swearing, cursing, cussing, talking like a sailor, cussing a blue streak, telling dirty jokes, all those kinds of things will will hit on today. Well, we won't, you know what I mean. Um, uh, it's, it's what the Bible refers to as unwholesome talk. About a month ago, yeah, about a month ago, middle of August, I guess, I, I, I got into our old beater car, which uh, just so happens to not exist anymore because it uh, broke down completely. But uh, uh, the, the car that Claire had been driving for uh, for uh, the, her whole senior year, and and uh, I, I needed to get into it to move it down the driveway and, and get it out of the way, do some things. And so so when I got in, I was violently attacked by an odor. What seemed at first to be the odor of death. You've smelled that. You know what I'm talking about there. It just kind of, yeah, just kind of gets you. Uh, hopefully, uh, if you do know that, if you have smelled that before, uh, hopefully it was not uh, within the confines of a 2003 Ford Taurus that had been sitting in the sun. Although my initial thought was that some critter had crawled up in the, uh, 
in the vents and uh, maybe uh, couldn't get out again and then, then met its demise, um, I, I decided to look around the car first before I started taking things apart. Um, and other than the, the normal high school senior paraphernalia, paraphernalia sitting around there, sweatshirt, candy wrappers, a notebook, I don't know what else was, was in there. I, I couldn't see anything that would really cause such an odor. So I got out and I opened the trunk. And when I came to, I, um, <laughs> I decided I would uh, move things around because it was obvious that the odor was much stronger back there. And so uh, moving a few things around, I found the source of this unholy, rotten, foul stench, a half-eaten packet of tuna fish. That's what I said. It seems that my compassionate daughter had, been, had seen a stray cat a while back, and it appeared to be in distress, and so she had come home and gotten this uh, packet of tuna stuff and, uh, and gone back to find the cat to lure it to safety, and in the course of life, um, the packet was forgotten. That was sometime toward the end of June. This was August. Um, the two, excuse me, oh, I get choked up even thinking about it. Uh, The tuna began to rot and the smell began to grow. In Ephesians 4.29, the Apostle Paul warns us, not so much about tuna fish, he warns us about not letting any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So that word unwholesome is, uh, is really the word, it could be translated corrupt or Foul or rotten. Do not let any uh, corrupt, foul, rotten talk come out of your mouth. Much like that tuna pack in the trunk. No rotten, foul words should be coming from our mouths, according to Paul in Ephesians 4, 29. Uh, That obviously would include swearing, uh, but it would also include a whole lot more than that. We've touched on some of those things already. Uh, A few verses later, Paul expounds on this a little bit. So so Ephesians 5, verses 3 through 5, he says this. Same letter, just a, a few verses later. They didn't have chapters and verses back then. He's just dictating this letter. He's speaking. And uh, along the same lines as he's talking about all this, he says in chapter 5, verse 3, Among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure... No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. No place, he says, for obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking. Why? Well, it's, it's the same thing that I've been telling you all along. If my speech is immoral and impure, uh, and Jesus says that the mouth only speaks what the heart is full of, the overflow of the heart, then if my speech is immoral and impure, it's a good indicator that perhaps my heart is immoral and impure. And if I'm uh, an immoral and imperc- Im- impure person on the inside, this says that I won't be heading to heaven because God is both moral and pure. Then he says, no immoral, impure, or greedy person has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. So all of a sudden, it makes this whole conversation a little more serious. Uh, But you say, come on, it's just a few words. 
and, and who's to say what a bad word is anyway? Come on, I mean, people have just kind of dreamed these things up and, and they've said that this is bad and that's not. And, 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 and you know, I, I've, I've had some of the same thoughts. I, I mean, uh, I'm thinking we probably couldn't agree in here today on a specific list that was all the bad words because there would be some words on your list that I wouldn't necessarily include on mine and some words on my list that you might not include on yours and uh, depending on on our, our upbringing depending on uh, uh, well a whole lot of things there's uh, there it's you're going well it's just words and, and who's to say what's bad or not I had a high school teacher who would who would tell us well you, you just don't don't talk like it's just ugly it's, it's just ugly and you know it is I'm not sure that that helped me very much it's still pretty ambiguous out there well okay just don't talk ugly okay well what does that mean I think perhaps the, the, the point here, part of the point here is that our society, the, the society where we live, has some words that have been deemed obscene. And when I use those words, I'm not upholding the, uh, the, the, the moral standard, so to speak, even of our society or our culture. Maybe, maybe they are just words, but, but most people can agree that, that there are many words that are, that are bad or wrong or obscene. Uh, I guess I need to ask myself, why is it that I find it necessary to use words that our culture has divide, defined as inappropriate or obscene? Now that's just starting the conversation. I, uh, I've, I've, I've said along here, this, this would be a great series to, uh, to not just be this thing where I get to stand up here and talk but uh, that maybe we had a bunch of groups discussing because there's a whole lot of, of layers here and a whole lot of stuff to, uh, to go through. But, but, but I think the first question we need to ask, well, why, why do I find it necessary to use words that, that uh, society thinks are bad or wrong or obscene or foul or rotten? One, one reason is that, that, uh, that expletives, uh, curse words, uh, actually make us feel better. And, and this is scientific. I probably shouldn't be telling you this, but, but when you utter an expletive in a moment of stress or crisis, there have actually been studies shown. Now, I want to, I don't know, scientists study these things, right? They study cursing? Uh, they, according, according to what I've looked at this week, they sure do. There's a lot of studies. And scientific studies actually show that you can get a shot, that you get a shot of adrenaline when, uh, when you uh, utter a curse word in a, in a moment of crisis, in the heat of the moment. Uh, Scientifically, it, it, with that adrenaline, it actually lessens the pain for a minute. And so, so uh, there we go. Please keep listening. Don't think that that's the end of the sermon. You can just go out of here and lessen your pain. Cursing helps us blow off some steam, I guess we could say. And, and, and it, it might help us feel better for a minute. Uh, it also has some negative effect, effects. For, for instance, in, in a study done a few years ago in Chicago... 64% of employers said that they would think less of an employee who repeatedly used cuss words. 50% of, 57% of those employers said that they would be less likely to promote someone who swears in the office. Employers gave several reasons why they thought less of someone who, who cursed. Uh, 81% of those employers said that it brought the employee's professionalism into question. 71% said that it showed a lack of self-control in the employee. 68% said that it showed a lack of maturity in the employee. And 54% said that it makes that employee appear less intelligent. So swearing helps us blow off some steam, but it might hurt your career. I guess that's where we're at at this point, right? Uh, Paul tells us uh, not to in Ephesians. 
society in general uh, deems some things obscene and in bad taste, I think we need to dive a little bit deeper into why we, why we do this, why in general people, people do this, and then perhaps we can find a way, a way through it. One reason that people curse is simply because it's a habit, Right? Uh, maybe you grew up with it, maybe you've gotten used to it, maybe you're around it at work all the time, you're around it at school all the time, it's gotten ingrained into your mind, and then it's just, man, it's just easier just not to fight against it. I mean, it's just in there, right? And I guess it's, it's uh, saying that it's just a habit is, is probably actually another way of saying that it's a lack of self-control. Uh, I've been around it, I've gotten into the habit, it's hard to stop, so I've just kind of given up trying. So that's one, one thing, it's just a habit, and I've decided, whether I've decided consciously or subconsciously, I've decided not to fight against that bad habit, and, uh, and so I just kind of give in to that. Uh, another reason I think we swear is linked to anger, and, and this is maybe a lot of it, I, I don't know, and, and so again, we've got to look deeper, uh, see what the heart is full of, uh, and we, uh, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, and so, so it's, it's, it's linked to anger. A high percentage of the time, we're cussing out of anger and frustration. Uh, Ephesians addresses this too, the same passage in Ephesians chapter 4 and chapter 5. Paul says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not give the devil a foothold. Just a question, could it be that handling anger with cursing is actually one way we're allowing the devil to hold on in our lives? We can sin in a lot of ways, in our anger, in a lot of ways. It says, in your anger, do not sin. Well, what are the ways that we sin in our anger? It's not just the way we use words. I mean, there's physical harm. You can, you can, uh, you can, uh, punch somebody or punch something. You can get out of control. You can, there's a whole lot of things you can do, but a lot of times it involves the way we use our words too. Not so much physically going off, but maybe how we, how we demean others or we degrade them or we, we curse or we, we rant or whatever the case might be. Finding healthy ways to deal with your anger can drastically reduce the negative impact of your words and help us to avoid unwholesome talk. So anger is, uh, is, is tied in here. Uh, we, we, we might curse out of habit. We might curse uh, out of our anger. Sometimes we cuss just to fit in. I don't find that too much in my job. Um, around the office, you know. I mean, I've had to talk to Shirley a couple of times, but... Sorry, Shirley. A lot of times, there's, uh, there's that, that draw to, uh, to, to uh, fit in with the people around us, right? Uh, everyone else is doing it. Uh, we want to fit in. We want to be accepted. We want to be loved. Uh, I guess, and, and I mean, I, I get that, and I've, I, not in the office here, but I've certainly had uh, many times in my life when, uh, when that draw and that pull has been there, and uh, many times when I didn't fight against it. But uh, uh, there, are, uh, there are these times when we just want to fit in with those around us. I guess the question is, if, if we're looking at this thing biblically, and, and uh, uh, we have to ask ourselves, well, am I seeking acceptance from the wrong people? I mean, if immoral, unwholesome, uh, impure people are heading to the hot place, why would I want to fit in with them? I guess is the is the question. So I, I, just just a thought, just throwing it out there. I know I'm just stomping all over toes this morning. That's just just who I am. It's just what I do. It's my job. Another reason that we curse, I think, is uh, at times we want to feel powerful. 
And when we throw around juicy cuss words, it makes us feel good. We feel strong. We're, we're trying to show how cool we are. We try to elevate ourselves with our words. And many, many people think that, that actually using those words make us appear, make you appear stronger and kind of lift your status, so to speak. Uh, sounds like maybe in the workplace that that's not true, but that, that might be what we're, uh, what we're trying to do or why we might see the need to do that. Uh, of course, we might cuss just, just to seem more passionate, uh, uh, we, for emphasis. <laughs> we, we want to put an exclamation point on something, right? And so, uh, sometimes, uh, it seems like doggone it just doesn't, just doesn't do it justice, right? And so you feel like you just gotta, Put that exclamation point on it, and, and so we think cussing helps us express ourselves best. I'm sure there are other reasons that probably hits a lot of them, uh, why we might curse. Um, scripture doesn't go too much into the why, it, but it does tell us that we should avoid impurity and obscenity says that if we don't avoid those things, that we don't have any place in the kingdom of Christ and of God. But, but why would, would Scripture come out against that? Again, I mean, it's just words. What's, what's the big deal? I think there's, there's part of it, but there's, part of it is the element of holiness, that I'm, I'm uh, holy and pure and, and uh, I'm going to be filling myself with holy and pure things. And if my heart is holy and pure, then, then the words that I speak will be holy and pure. So obviously that is, that is the overarching uh, principle here. But I think there's another key issue that, that, that maybe we don't think about too much. And that is that swearing nullifies my Christian witness. Swearing nullifies my Christian witness. There were, there were two cars waiting at a stoplight, and the light turned green, but the driver of the first car was on his phone and didn't notice that the light had turned green. The woman in the car behind him got frustrated very quickly, and she saw cars going around them in the other lane, but she couldn't get over, and she beat on her steering wheel, and she honked the horn, and, and there this guy sat, oblivious to what was going on. He's on his phone, whatever he's doing, and she is just getting her madder by the second. And she began yelling, and not not nice things, right? And uh, you could probably describe it as as ranting. And her hand gestures were not holy. Okay, we're getting the picture here. And, and she leaned hard and heavy on the horn, and that finally awakened this guy to what was going on. And and uh, he looked up and he saw the light. And when he as he looked up, the light was just changing from green to yellow. And he pushed on the accelerator and got through the intersection just as it turned red which did not make the lady behind him feel any better. So she's beside herself and she's screaming and she's beating on the steering wheel and using all sorts of profanity and, and uh, waving her hand violently, well, only part of her hand violently out the window. And In the middle of her frustration, she heard this on the side of the car, right on the car door, and she was startled and looked up and she saw the barrel of a gun and a very serious police officer right there at the window, and he said, turn your car off and keep your hands where I can see them. And he proceeded to get her out of the vehicle and, and uh, process, uh, put uh, handcuffs on her and put her in the back seat of the, the, the car, and she complied not knowing what in the world was going on. And, and uh, he took her to headquarters, and she was put in the, in the holding cell there at, at the police station. And uh, about an hour later, this same officer came and let her out and uh, Led her down the the aisle back to or down the hallway back to the front where he was giving her her uh, her belongings, 
And as he was doing that, he, he said, well, I'm really sorry for this mistake, ma'am. Um, I pulled up behind your car while you were blowing on your horn and you were flipping that guy off and you were cussing a blue streak. And, and I noticed the Choose Life license plate holder and the What Would Jesus Do and Follow Me to Sunday School bumper stickers and the chrome-plated Christian fish emblem on the trunk, and I naturally assumed that the car was stolen, he says. <laughs> so here's the point. Rotten talk never points anybody to Jesus. I think maybe that's one of the big deals about cussing. It won't ever bring someone closer to God. It can certainly influence people away from God, right? Uh, it can show a, a lack of the Holy Spirit's control in my life. Uh, it, it might cause others to question God's influence in my life and whether I'm really allowing him to work in my life, but it's not going to bring anyone closer to Jesus. In fact, James says that it, it nullifies our faith completely. James one twenty seven says, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongue, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. So, okay, yeah, I'm religious, I go to church, all those kinds of things, but it's not affecting how I talk, and I'm just going to do and say whatever I want to. It's, a, it's making my religion worthless, null and void. If I'm allowing God to control my language, if I'm not allowing God to control my language, it nullifies any way that God might able to, might be able to use me in the relationships where that kind of language is coming out. Now, Ephesians 5 doesn't just single out cursing, as I, as I mentioned before. It mentions obscenities, foolish talk, coarse joking. So let's talk about dirty jokes for a minute. Anybody? Get, no, no, don't. No. This is in the context here in Ephesians 5. It's in the context of him talking about sexual misconduct, uh, uh, talking about sexual innuendos, uh, locker room humor, uh, demeaning jokes, uh, putting others down. And you might say, well, come on, pastor, what's the big deal with that? I mean, it's just a joke. It's just, I'm just joking around. Yuck, 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 yeah. I mean, it's funny. You got to admit it's funny. Just because something's funny doesn't make it good. Funny doesn't equal holy. So, I mean, take that to the bank every day of the week. Funny doesn't equal holy. I mean, there can be some, some funny things that are certainly holy. There can be some holy things that are funny. But just because it's funny doesn't make it good. There are a whole lot of things that are funny that I shouldn't be laughing at or filling my mind with. I don't have to tell you, we live in an over-sexualized society, and it's normal to hear sexual innuendos and jokes uh, wherever we go, uh, especially in the entertainments that we consume, uh, throughout a movie. Uh, in, I mean, you can't turn on a comedy sitcom uh, without uh, somewhere along the way uh, the, the, these types of, of jokes and situations. Uh, of course, uh, those... Uh, this type of talk and the words and the, the innuendos used are th just laced throughout all the, uh, much of the music that's, uh, that's in our society today. Many times this kind of thing is even put in kids' cartoons. The kids don't get it yet, I guess, but it kind of keeps the parents engaged. And uh, ho, ha, ha, uh, and, but then it kind of makes the kids numb to it as they grow up. Um, and, and so we have to be extremely careful with these, this kind of thing. Um, 
A few weeks ago, we talked about gossip, and I said, well, you don't have to be uh, someone who's just out there outwardly gossiping in order to participate in gossip. The same is true with, uh, with this whole coarse joking thing. You don't have to be the one telling the joke to still be a participant in this. We can be participants without ever telling the joke. Uh, are we consuming it? Are we laughing at it? Are we entertaining ourselves with it? Are we watching the the shows and the movies, are we reading the books where sexuality is the basis of the, uh, of the humor of the plot line? Um, we can be participating in this without being the one initiating it. Why would we want to take what has been given to us by God as an intimate, private, holy act between a man and a woman committed to each other for life and degrade it for some cheap thrill and a chuckle. Sure, there are jokes like that that are funny. Funny doesn't equal holy. I, I mean, I love funny. I love people that are funny. I like to try to be funny. Um, hey, I've, I've laughed at dirty jokes, and I've told my share of dirty jokes. I'm guessing we've all participated in some degree. This says that there's no place for that in the people of God. And as we're allowing the Holy Spirit to conform and change our hearts on the inside, these things will disappear from what we say in our conversations. And that kind of uh, talk and humor, it's not necessarily just tied with with sexual stuff. Uh, Actually, a lot of jokes that we tell, uh, maybe maybe it's not sexual, but it puts someone down. Uh, the, the, the person in the punchline is, is degraded in some way, uh, whether it's a nationality or a race or a gender, and, and we tell these jokes or, or a color of hair, right? Uh, and, uh, and, and so we, we tell these jokes and we degrade someone somehow, and it's funny and we laugh, and, and, uh, and, and yet as we think about that, should we be dishonoring people just to get a little laugh? Or should we be honoring the people around us as the eternal souls that have been created by God uh, instead of making them the brunt of our jokes. It's, it's coarse joking. So all of that to say that talking in these ways gives us a little glimpse into our heart. If I'm cussing out of habit, I haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to change my habits. And we're still working on that, right? Uh, If I'm cussing to fit in, I'm more concerned with my popularity than speaking up for God. If I'm I'm cursing in order to appear more passionate or powerful, again, the focus is on me. I I want the focus. I want the praise. I'm going to say this so that I get a little lift, uh, and the focus is on me. If I find myself cursing when I get angry... I'm actually, as, as Ephesians says, I'm actually allowing the devil access to my heart, a foothold. I'm not a rock climber. I don't ever anticipate being a rock climber. Uh, I've been on those little walls before, and they have those little handhold things and the fo- footholds and going up. It doesn't take much, right? And, and you see these guys with their, with their, and, and women with their, uh, with their hands all uh, chalked up and everything. They're going up the side of a cliff and it looks like there's nothing there, but there's these little cracks and these little, these little, and maybe, maybe this kind of talk is just this little something where the devil can, can just hold on a little bit. 
and wedge in there a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. If we're not careful, we can pull away our Christian witness and people will be drawn away from God instead of drawn to him because of how we speak. Ephesians 4.29 says to not only avoid rotten talk, rotten, foul talk, tuna fish talk. Maybe we can call it that, tuna fish talk. It doesn't just say avoid that. He says we need to fill our speech with only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. So it's not just I'm going to stop talking. Or I'm going to stop talking a bit. What are you going to talk? What, what are you going to say? Uh, it's, it's a whole lot more than just avoiding cussing. Uh, it's, it's about, it's about uh, uh, developing or saying things that are helpful for building others up. I, I read an article recently uh, by Amy Buckley. She wrote, words reveal our substance, the truth of who we are. They testify either to our devotion to God or of a spiritual problem. So sure, they're, they're just words, but they're not just words. Eric Tippin wrote, Christians can fall into one of two errors regarding profanity, overemphasizing it at the expense of more pressing issues or underemphasizing it to the point of encouraging sin. He says, I think becoming more holy and spirit-filled will include becoming less profane. So here's a question, Uh, audience participation, here we go. Uh, How many of you think that over the next 24 hours, but before lunchtime tomorrow, uh, between now and lunchtime tomorrow, how many of you think that you can avoid profanity? Think you can do that? It's good, it's good. You can put your hands down. Don't don't want to too loud, because then you look around and see who didn't raise their hand, right? No, we don't want to... And then you, you cuss them, and then that's bad. So, No, I, I mean, in other words, I'm saying, do you think that for a day you could not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth? And that, that's great, and I would say do it. And then at lunchtime tomorrow, you, you, in your mind, raise your hand again and say, I'm going to do this for another day and another day. If you can do it for one day, then you do it for two or three or four or ten or twelve or a lifetime, Right? as you allow the Holy Spirit to change your heart. But, but if you don't think, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you don't think you can do that, but if you don't think you can, I, I mean, it's kind of a big deal. I, I mean, if someone can't go 24 hours without drinking, we'd say they were an alcoholic, that they were, they were uh, addicted to alcohol, right? And, and if someone couldn't go 24 hours without, without a, a, a hit from a, uh, from, from a drug of some type, then we'd say they've got a problem, right? There's, a, there's, a, there's an addiction there, and it's a problem, and they needed some help. Uh, if you can't go a day without smoking, you'd, we'd agree you're addicted to nicotine. So if you can't if you don't think you can go 24 hours without using profanity, without unwholesome talk coming out of your mouth, we need to see that that's a problem. You've lost control of your tongue. Now that's okay, uh, in a sense, because all of us have lost control of our tongue. We, we can't control the tongue. James uh, chapter 3 said, uh, no human can control the tongue. No human. What that means is I'm not allowing the Holy Spirit to control what I say. 
So how do we do this? Whether, whether you think you can go for a day or not, uh, how, do we, how do we fix this? How, how do we allow uh, God to fix this? And that's really the big thing. We need to commit to letting the Holy Spirit tame your language. You need to make that commitment. It's, a, it's an upfront decision and then a daily practice of uh, Holy Spirit control what I say. Uh, we've uh, I've talked to you uh, at the beginning of this series about a uh, a verse from from uh, from Psalms where it says, uh, "Let the words of my it's a prayer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my Rock and my Redeemer." Keep praying that prayer. Keep pray, make that part of what you do every day. God, come in. I don't know what things are going to set me off today. I don't know what things I'm going to hit at work today. I don't know what the people around me are going to be talking about today. I don't know what's going on, but, but God, through it all, let the words of my mouth and the meditate, what I, what I think about and what I say, may it be pleasing to you. Allow the Holy Spirit to come in and do that because you can't do it by yourself. You can set up things. You can have a cuss jar somewhere. You can set up all the, whatever. Uh, you can, you can take steps and do that and that's great and that's fine. But ultimately, it's going to be the Holy Spirit that changes your heart. Other practical steps you can take, avoid people that speak that way. Uh, maybe say, well, I can't avoid them, I work with them, I, uh, I live with them, I, you know, whatever. Uh, avoid the people that, uh, let them know that you'd rather they not. Uh, come up with funny little ways to uh, give them the hint that this is inappropriate and uncalled for. Usually when someone finds out what I do for a living, oh, sorry about that, you know. You know, out on the golf course, you get linked up with somebody else and they find out about the fifth hole and then they think back to the, what they talked about for the first four holes and they go, oh, sorry, preacher. Well, let them, let them know, you know, I, I can just say I'm a preacher and that, that lays the guilt on pretty thick, right? But uh, let, them, let them know in, in, in way, subtle ways, fun ways, whatever. Let them know that that's not who you are and you'd rather not hear it. Uh, avoid entertainments, uh, things that are filled with swearing and, and rude humor and all those kinds of things. Just don't fill your mind with that. Uh, we've talked about this uh, at the very first sermon in this series. Uh, it says that we need to dwell on things that are true and lovely and wholesome and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. Uh, we need to dwell on those things. And if we're dwelling on those things and we're letting them wash over us and fill our hearts, that's what's going to come out when we speak, when we, when we encounter others. If we're filling ourselves with rude humor and off-color speaking and all those kinds of things, it's, it's going to naturally come out. I guess, I guess the best antidote, this is true in anything, the best antidote to stop a bad habit is to start a new one, right? So it's not just that I'm going to stop doing this, but I'm going to start doing something positive. I'm not just going to stop cussing, but I'm going to start saying only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs so it will benefit them. So we're developing these habits, and over time, as the Holy Spirit uh, grabs our hearts and fills our lives with himself and his character, that is the character that will come out in our words. One... One more, uh, one more session on, uh, on the power of words and then you're off the hook. No, then, then you get to live it out. Uh, next week we'll, uh, we'll dive into, uh, just the, the, the last bit of this and, um, and, and hopefully, uh, bring it all together. But remember today, rotten talk never brought anyone closer to Jesus. So don't be obscene or impure or unwholesome. Let the Holy Spirit change your habits. And let him draw people to Jesus 
through your words. Will you stand with me? Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for uh, the communities where we live, the people that you've brought into our lives, and the opportunity for, for uh, language and conversation. Lord, we confess that there are times we don't, we don't take advantage of that too much, and, and we use it in ways that may dishonor people and may dishonor you. And so, Lord, we, we pray for your forgiveness today, and we pray for your strength to allow the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts to be pleasing and acceptable to you. We pray, Lord, that, that, that we can speak what is helpful for building others up, that we can speak the things that will benefit those around us. Father God, I pray that as we go from here, that you will flow through our lives and through the words that we say to bring others closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.